podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Daily Red, your lunchtime catch-up on all things Liverpool FC. And we start with big news this morning as the club have announced that the Anfield Road expansion will go ahead. The club statement reads, The proposed expansion of the Anfield Road stand will move forward. The project, which has been undergoing enabling works throughout the off-season in anticipation, will begin in earnest with the official groundbreaking ceremony planned for next week. The redevelopment of the of the stand will see 7,000 more seats added to Anfield, taking its overall capacity to more than 61,000. The construction of the stand will work in the same way as the redeveloped main stand, with the build taking place throughout the season while matches continue to be played. Andy Hughes, the managing director of Liverpool FC, said, We have been clear from the beginning that in order for this expansion to go ahead, we needed the cooperation of local residents and the community to successfully navigate the complex planning landscape and to ensure the project is financially viable. We needed certainty for this project to progress, and we are now in a position to be able to move forward. We began this journey in 2014 and are grateful to everyone for the contributions that have been made to bring this project to this stage. Following Two stages of public consultation and invaluable feedback on the initial plans. Anfield Road's expansion project will reroute Anfield Road itself around the footprint of the new stand. The project was given planning permission by Liverpool County Liverpool City Council in June 2021, with the club also awarded permission to hold up to six concerts and major events at the stadium for a period of five seasons. The club will work with Buckingham Group Contracting Limited as principal contractor on the project. Buckingham will work directly with the club's Red Neighbours initiative on a range of activities with the local community and schools in line with the club's current activities across food poverty, education and opportunities for young people, as well as taking the local community on the journey of the stand's redevelopment. They will also work with the local employment groups and education establishments to offer work experience, apprenticeships, graduate placements and employment to local people. Buckingham is committed to offering around 35 work placements and more than 800 apprentice and training weeks across the build. When complete, the Anfield Road stand is expected to create around 400 matchday roles in addition to the 2,200 people currently employed in various operations at each home game, of which 95% are known to live in the Liverpool City region. The redevelopment of the Anfield Road stand is anticipated to be ready for the 23-24 season, and its design will see the lower tier retained and and refurbished with a new upper tier built above it. As well as the increased capacity, the redevelopment will be similar to the main stand, with improved concourses and sports bar lounge hospitality facilities. The stand will also see the relocation of the family park to a covered position. Throughout the design process, careful a careful consideration has once again been given to Anfield's world-class atmosphere through the development of an acoustic and lighting strategy to match the one developed with the main stand. Part of the safe, secure and inclusive design, design plans also provide additional pedestrian routes at the back of the expanded stand into Stanley Park, retain the four-stand stadium configuration and character, and include historical design references. This is great news that the, the club are not only 
expanding the stand, not only giving more opportunities now for people to attend games, but everything else that goes with it, the new work opportunities, the commitment to food poverty and education. This is very big for the club. Liverpool have not always been... They've not always been the best at dealing with the local residents. They've caused problems for residents in the past. It finally seems like now in the last few years, they've got things working the right way and they really are giving back more and more to the community. And that's what they should be doing. We've always been a community-based club. It's great to see the ownership now taking responsibility for the community, for the local environment and making the best of it. It's going to be great for the people who've been waiting for t- for season tickets for you know, 15 years. Some people have been on the list. Hopefully now more and more of them will get to attend games. Should create an even better atmosphere. I think the main stand was really well developed. I think they did a great job at retaining what makes Anfield special. And I expect they'll do the same. Now, it has been said this will be the last one. Not in this piece, but previously. They've said this will be the last bit of expansion, but it wouldn't surprise me if in two or three years we do hear that they're looking at redoing the Kenny Dog Leash stand, previously the Centenary stand. There's a real opportunity for Liverpool to expand that stand as well and maybe get the capacity pushing towards 70,000. The COP, I think, will stay the same, but what we eventually might see is that the COP becomes safe standing throughout the rail seating has been trialed there is rail seats in the ground and hopefully you know we'll get part of the pilot pilot program for that because it would be great if you could have a standing cop and then the three sides seated it would be i think the atmosphere would be incredible um this is great news it really is great news and something we should all be happy about other things to make us happy liverpool three norwich nil in the carabao cup a really good win for the Reds. Two goals from Taki Minamino and one from Divock Origi, who also got an assist for Minamino's first goal. Really nice cushioned header for Taki, who swiveled and shot through the legs of Angus Gunn. Divock made it two with a good header from a Costa Simicus cross. And then Minamino made it three from an Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain uh, pass. Now, the team I predicted yesterday... I got 10 right, one wrong. Kelleher did start in goal. I thought he had a good game. Looked lively. Swept off his line quite well and obviously saved the penalty. Connor Bradley started right back. He had a little bit of a shaky game. I think it's fair to say. But it's his debut. It's confidence boosting for him. Gave away the penalty. Had a couple of moments where, you know, he he did look like it was a big step up for him. But all things considered, he kept going. He gave us all. I think he grew into the game quite well. Costas had another great... Uh, showing at left-back. Gomez and Canate played well at centre-back. Gomez looked a little bit rusty at certain times, but, you know, he made some great blocks, looked really aggressive, wore the armband and wore it well. Canate is going to be a monster for us. He is going to be absolutely sensational for us. In midfield, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain and Naby Keita started started as the eights. They had inconsistent games. Ox is still trying to find form. Naby just looked a little bit off the pace and he got hurt. Only a minor injury, thankfully enough. He went off at half time. Curtis Jones started as the number six. New position for him. 
didn't always look comfortable, but I thought stuck with it quite well. At halftime, Tyler Morton came on into the midfield, and I thought he really impressed. Look, neat and tidy, aggressive in his ball winning, timed things well, good positional sense, very, very promising from the young player. Uh, and Curtis looked much more comfortable when he went back into that number eight role. And in attack, Cade Gordon started on the right, 16 years of age, didn't look out of place at all. Did not look out of place at all. Divock through the middle, Tacky off the left. Both of them get goals. Both of them played well. Uh, Jordan Henderson and Andy Robertson came on late. Uh, Robertson to give Costas a, a rest. Henderson to give Curtis a rest. Curtis's first start of the season. You don't want him overdoing things. All things considered, a really good night for the Reds because that was a strong Norwich team. Like, you look through that team, Grant Hanley is a starter, Ben Gibson's been a starter for them for the last year and a bit, Lucas Rupp is a starter, Giannolis is a starter, Billy Gilmore is a starter, uh, Pierre Lees Malou is a starter. So, a, a strong team from them, and we handled it very, very well. They had moments, they had the penalty, they had four other shots on target, 12 shots in total, but we overcame, we moved forward into the next round of the draw. Who we get, we'll wait and see. We'll probably get Chelsea away because that's how these draws tend to work for us. But it would be would be nice if we could get a slightly easier draw and play a similar team. Other good things to come from last night. Everton got knocked out, so we can take a moment to laugh at them. Beaten on penalties by QPR. And then today, James Rodriguez, the man they signed to take control of Merseyside. He has more followers on Instagram, and that makes him bigger than Liverpool Football Club, according to one John Merrow. Well, he is leaving. He is heading to Qatar because no one else wanted him. Um, so you can take your moment today to just have a quick chuckle at Everton and then move on with whatever else it is you're doing. To go around the rest of the Liverpool sites, there's quite a bit about the, uh, the game yesterday, the stadium expansion on the official club site. Liverpool.com has a piece about Klopp being pleased with Conor Bradley, uh, about a piece about Tyler Morton. There is a piece about Bakayo Saka and how Liverpool could potentially take advantage of the fact that Arsenal are a bit of a mess. Um, there is a piece about Liverpool and Erling Haaland. It's, it's kind of a news wrap-up, but it does mention uh, reports linking Liverpool with Erling Haaland. Also mentions Jared Bowen a little bit about the stadium expansion, a little bit about last night's game. On This Is Anfield, their lead story is about the stadium expansion. There's also a couple of pieces about last night's game. And on AnfieldIndex.com, there's a really, really good article by Stephen Smith about one of my favourite Liverpool players of all time, Steve McManaman, and what a player he was. For a couple of years, he was the best player in the league. We just couldn't put a team around him to really compete. When he obviously went on to Real Madrid and had great success there. But when he was with us, playing in the free role under Roy Evans, when we played that 3-4-1-2, he was the one behind Russian Fowler, then Russian Collymore. And he was just a different class. And... People used to say, if you stop McManaman, you'll stop Liverpool. And unfortunately, that was the case. We were only a couple of players short. We really did have a good team going. We had Fowler and Collymore up front, McManaman behind. 
Redknapp and Ince in midfield. Ince never really worked out for us. McAteer is a right wing back. Rob Jones is a left wing back. And Rob Jones is, again, another one of my favourite Liverpool players. Very unfortunate with injuries. He was the best right back in England and we moved him to left back, which maybe wasn't ideal. We might have been better by putting McAteer in midfield with Redknapp, not buying Ince and buying an actual left wing back, keeping Jones on the right. At centre-back, there was John Scales for a year. He was excellent. Uh, when he left, it was Bjorn Thorkovarme, who wasn't quite as good. Neil Ruddock, Mark Wright, those were the two who played the central role. Wright was the better of the two, but he was ageing and injury-prone. Ruddock was Ruddock. Great passer of the ball, but defensively just a bit of a train wreck at times. And then Phil Babb largely played that left-sided role. And unfortunately for Phil Babb, he was never the player that Paul McGrath made him look at the 94 World Cup. So, uh, interesting bit of research done by Guy Drinkle this morning. It, Phil Babb cost us 3.6 million Great British Pounds, which at the time was a British record for a central defender. If you calculate that using inflation to make it a modern-day transfer, we would have paid 69 million pounds for Phil Babb. Uh, so, that there's one to, to cheer you up for the day. David James, obviously the goalkeeper, very, very talented, but no consistency. But McManaman was the real star of that team. Even though Fowler is the one that was the kind of the cult hero, the the darling of the fans, McManaman was the best player in that team. And don't ever let anyone tell you otherwise. Great piece from Stephen Smith. Well worth your while reading. Podcast-wise, um, there is, obviously, I mentioned yesterday, the latest rate, don't hate, the latest under pressure. There's also post-match raw from the cup game. Uh, the B-Team show, hosted by Guy Drinkle. Um, the lads had a good a good time, I think, stepping in for myself, Trev, and, and the rest, and did a good job. It's a very good listen. It, it's it's well worth your while. And then there is the new rival, Recon Harry Sethi, looking ahead to the Brentford game. There is a new scouted recorded today, which will be out later on. Uh, myself and Carl Match. It'll be a little bit of a look back at last night's game. And we answered some Discord questions and then spent a, a long time putting together a Premier League flop 11. And, and just some of the names that popped up are, are, are well worth your while giving a listen to. There'll be a scouted tomorrow for the Brentford game as well. And that is pretty much us for today, folks. Enjoy the rest of your day. Stay safe. And uh, I'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.